We're back here in the JR the Boss Man show. We have a great guest for you from Mount St. Mary's, their new coach. He's assistant there previously, Dan Inglestad here on the Boss Man show. Coach Inglestad, I, I know your guys are back from summer school now. You got your guys on campus. You kind of build that bond, bond with your team now, more going forward. And how excited has it been, coach? I know it's been a while wild time for you taking a job late this in the process but still trying to get things done so how's it all been for you coach it has been the craziest couple weeks of my life it's been something that you know i dreamed about uh when i was here as a 22 year old assistant got an unbelievable break with coach milan brown at the time and you know i'm not really knowing what the college coaching world is and uh just really was a dream come true to even get into the game and then my first year here we ended up getting to the NCAA tournament. I always remember we were playing Carolina in the first round. I was with Hansboro and Lawson. And I'm standing there at half court, and uh, Roy Williams taps me on the shoulder. I look over to him, and I'm 22 years old at the time. He says, Coach, guys did a great job this year. And I, I turned back to him and said, Coach, yeah, you, you guys too. Um, so from there, I was hooked, and it's been a, it's been a great run um, at Southern Vermont where I just ended. But to take this, a program with this much history and uh, this much tradition and a place that has meant so much to me has been – uh, like I said, just a, just a real a dream come true, and and just to see the guys that are part of this program and just uh, just build upon this great tradition has been terrific. Like you said, it has been a whirlwind. We've been recruiting, we've been meeting with the guys that are here now, trying to get the guys that are committed to stay and develop a staff. And so there's been a lot that's gone into it these last couple of weeks, and sleep has uh, been very few and far between. But it's been uh, so much fun just trying to to keep this thing going. And I imagine, Coach, you probably have these uh, 6 a.m. to maybe midnight and beyond days. Probably sleep in the office, probably because you got there so late just to get stuff done. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, you know I don't call it a grind just because I love doing it. So it's so much fun for me. You know, I wake up every morning just excited about the process of of trying to figure it all out. You know, there's a, there's a lot of feel out process right now. It's me getting accustomed to the guys that are here and them feeling me out as well as trying to do things that has allowed this program to achieve such success. You know, coach Christian did a great job of building such a really great tradition and culture here. And so just trying to use things that have been successful, but also, you know, being me and making sure the guys know who I am and my philosophy. And so it's been, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, but just, it's an easy sell. Mount St. Mary's is a, a unbelievable university and a place that's on the rise. And, um, so for me, it, you know, being able to talk to recruits and their families, um, you know, I've been here before and because this place meant so much to me and the family atmosphere that this place provides, um, you know, that part's been the easy part. Now, Coach, what's been the biggest change you've seen in the university as a whole and in the program since you left eight years ago and, and now you're back? Resources. You know, th- this place wants to be good. You know, they want to be one of the best teams in this area, in this region. And I got a chance to come back for the 10 year reunion of that championship team that I talked about. And to see the crowd support, you know, we used to have good crowds, but this place was packed, you know, and it seats 3,200 people and you know every seat was taken up. So to see the, the fan support on top of that, the support from the president and the support from the administration, just to, to see their vision and to hear their vision of where, not only where we are right now, but where they want to go. You know, we have a, we, we're lucky and fortunate, we're, you know, for our league, we're the only school that really has a practice facility. And they put a lot of money and time to building that up. So for, for me, just seeing the resources that we have now is, um, you know, just shows how much they are committed to uh, the excellence, um, you know, not just for basketball, but for the entire university. 
And now, Coach, when it comes to the recruiting side of things, are you going to target high school freshmen? Are you going to want to get JUCO guys, transfers, or maybe go international and beyond and find guys on the international ranks to come play for you guys at Mount St. Mary's? A, B, and C. You know, we, we have to be creative with it. The landscape has changed a little bit. We've uh, seen in our league a lot of uh, freshmen that have come and have great careers and, uh, you know, have the potential to be special players for, and, and have these um, careers are leaving now. And that's just been a problem in the NEC. Um, so for us, you know, I, I'm going to talk a lot about building this thing and making this be a four-year commitment and talk about we, we want this to be, um, you know, we want you to finish. We want you to get your diploma from Mount St. Mary's. So we are going to continue to recruit high-level character kids from high school, but we're also going to look into JUCO. Um, that's a place where, you know, I'm familiar with now and think we can um, tap into. And then also international. I, I do think there are some really talented players over there. So, you know, I, I do not, um, you know, I just need good people and good basketball players. So um, I, we're going to make sure that we do all of our research and uh, we make sure we, we make sure we do as much uh, digging into not just them as a basketball player, but also as a person. So for us, you know, we're we're just going to try to, uh, you know, turn over each rock and, and, and see what fits our program best and the needs for it. And coming in kind of late, Coach, you really don't know what kind of roster you have, so you're kind of like hamstrung to a degree for us recruiting in that process. So are you going to use this, this summer session in, the, in the, the time you guys have to get on the court to kind of evaluate what you have on the roster, maybe try to get you a late signee to come join you in August, maybe? Mm-hmm. We, so we do have a couple scholarships open, and we are most likely going to use those and bring some, some guys in. But, you know, there is a talented roster here. Some of the guys have been redshirting. Other guys just hadn't had opportunity. So this is, a you know, a great opportunity for all of our guys to, um, you know, have that ability to showcase their abilities. And we look forward to having this time to not just get in you know, our terminologies and get in how we want to play. But also, as you said, we want to evaluate um, the talent that's here. And, um, you know, I, I know that the previous staff did such a great job of bringing in really good players and people. And I told our guys, look, we're, we're going to build this with you. And that's that's the plan. But, you know, I, I think the opportunity for everybody is there. And I think that excites some of the guys that, that didn't play as much in the previous year. Both you got Mount St. Mary's new head coach, Dan Ingolstadt, with me here on the Boss Man Show. And, uh, Coach, when guys watch and people watch your team play next season, what will be the style of play that you'll probably implore? And also, what do you want people to t- take away from watching your team play each night out there mm-hmm. on the court? So I've been a head coach for five years. I, I And our teams have always had the identity of playing fast. So we, we were attacking. You know, I know that mayhem, they called it Mount Mayhem. That's going to continue to stay. When I was in southern Vermont, we called it wreckage. Um, so the style of play will be similar. Uh, I do think there's going to be a major emphasis for us, you know, to win games in March. You've got to be really disciplined and really solid in the half court, both offensively and defensively. So I, I really want people to come to the games. I want people to watch our team play and practice and just really talk about how hard our teams play and how together we play. Um, you know, passing up a, a good shot for a great shot. You know, I know all the cliches, but it's to me that 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 is important. You know, I want to make sure our guys are playing good team basketball. Um, but we're really going to guard you. You know, we're going to be very disciplined in the half court, um, and because I, I do believe the especially when you travel and you play on the road, uh, the ball's not always going to go in the basket. So there's going to be nights where you're going to have to be able to eke out a game, and, and defense is going to be the reason why. And um, so I, I look forward to developing. Uh, a really tough-minded basketball team here. And, um, you know, I, as I said, the culture is really good. And 
and Coach Christian and his staff did a terrific job of of leaving some some really good pieces and and really good culture in place, and we just look forward to building upon it. And also, Coach, will you be showing them a film of maybe Golden State of how they move the ball? Maybe show the Atlanta Hawks or San Antonio how those teams move the ball and they move without the basketball with off-ball screens, flex cuts, back cuts, where they cut and pick, kind of make the defense move. That's on standing one place and it's waiting on somebody to make a play. Then that'd be good for, for somebody who plays fast to show show them those three teams how how they play basketball. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I'm I'm such a fan of how those teams play, and uh, Golden State in particular. Just talking about them. I mean, just the reason why they're so good is it's it's like whack a mole. You you stop Steph, and then Kevin gets going, and because they're so unselfish with the basketball, and any of those guys, you know, they'll post up multiple players, and their post option may not be to get a basket, but like you said, the off ball movement, the split cuts, uh, the back cuts that they have on the back end. You know, those are things that we're going to stress with our group this year, and. Um, you know, it, it is such a fun way to play the game. I mean, it's, I, I think it's less sets and less plays. I think it's more of uh, guys being able to play off each other and really share the basketball. So, but as you know, the ball screen has become such a big part of this game. And, uh, you know, we'll make sure that we have a lot of ball screen continuity, a lot of ball movement off of it as well. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to implementing that, but you're exactly right. You, you better believe with all the technology we have and the synergy, and uh, we're going to be doing a lot of film study on, on the great teams that, that share the ball at that clip. Now, Coach, now, look, I love the NBA game. I do a lot of work with the, with the Atlanta Hawks as well. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of advancing the ball late in the game and 24-second shots like can go in the quarters. Is that something you're going to see that the college game go to is advance the ball, go to four quarters, and maybe shorten that shot clock down at the 24 to encourage the, be, the play fast even more? Well, you've seen it in the women's game. Uh, so they've already started to make that change, and you can see it in the NIT making some of the international changes. So I I, I wouldn't uh, – I don't think it's far-stretched to say that that's, that change probably will come in the next five years or so. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of the NBA game as well, and usually it takes some time, but usually a lot of the rules. Um, matriculate down so um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, I like the game the way it is right now just because I I've enjoyed coaching it this way but I, if we've got to make that adjustment I won't have a problem with that either and final one for you coach Evans is for you is uh, mm-hmm. who are some people personally and professionally in, in the in the business who's really helped you become the man you are in the coaching ranks right now and who's really had your back through thick and thin thing as you've grown as an assistant mm-hmm. coach to a head coach now taking this job at Mount St. Mary's here well, the couple that come to mind are three of the coaches that have been at the Mount. You know, Coach Jim Phelan is a Hall of Famer. And as a 22-year-old, to sit in the office with him and talk to him about not just basketball, but talk about stories. You know, he he was able to share Red Auerbach stories and Bill Russell and having played against those guys. And then, you know, anytime you win 830 games, you you know what you're doing. And so for him to, to be a mentor of mine, and he's still – uh, doing great. I got a chance to meet with him first week on the job. I, I made sure to go over to the house and had a couple hour long discussions. You know, to, to have a living legend like that and to be able to continue to use him as a resource. He's someone that's impacted my life greatly. Uh, coach Milan Brown was the coach that gave me a chance here. He's now assistant at Pittsburgh, uh, was the head coach of Holy Cross. Uh, he gave me my shot. He gave me my opportunity. I, I felt because of him, I was ready uh, to take over a program the last five years. I was at Southern, Southern Vermont College in Bennington. Um, and he was been there for me the entire time. And he drove from Pittsburgh to my press conference to be there for me in this moment here at, at the Mount. So those two guys have really uh, left a, a, a mark for me. And then Coach Christian, who was here before, was, has also been a mentor, someone I've leaned on over the years. And 
um, you know, I look forward to seeing what he's able to achieve at Siena. So, you know, I don't have to look much further than the Mount's rich tradition um, to talk about my mentors. I love the game. You know, I, I studied Brad Stevens. I've, I studied a lot of Shaka Smart over the years, uh, Tom Izzo or some from a basketball perspective. But those three guys from a basketball and life perspective and a personal perspective have really um, made a, a lasting impact in my life. Well, Coach Ingles said, when you're on the recruiting trail and you're in Atlanta, in Atlanta, please feel free to come out of our studios here. We'd love to have you in Midtown Atlanta to come down and visit us and talk about your program live and in person, Coach. We know a lot of if we have a lot of AAU events here in the, in the city with a lot of coaches come in town. We'd love to have you be one of those who come visit when, when AAU trainers are in town, Coach. We'd love to have you. Well, we got we got them coming up soon. I know Beach Jam's not too far from here, so I would love to get down there and, and meet you guys. And I can't thank you enough for you know, allowing me to, to come on the show and, and talk about the game I love and, and, a, and a place that means so much to me. Anytime, Coach. You're welcome on the show. Anytime, Coach. Feel free. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. All right, have a All good right, one. All right, Coach. Thank have you. a good one, man. Talk to you yep. soon. Folks, back in the JR the Boss Man Show. We're joined by North Alabama Lions new head coach Tony Pujo with me on the Boss Man Show. Coach Pujo, how are things over there in Florence, man? Oh, doing great down here, JR. Thank you for having me on the show. Yes, it is. Now, Coach, what does it mean to you take this job at North Alabama as they transition into D1 now, playing the A-Sun Conference and putting your stuff on the community of Florence and this university as a whole? Well, I, I can tell you right now, my family and I are extremely excited to be in this Florence community. Um, really excited about the opportunity to coach at, at the Division One level and obviously as a, as a head coach here at North Alabama. Uh, I think this is a unique opportunity. Uh, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for me to kind of, with our players and our staff, to paint on a blank canvas. And uh, really excited for the opportunity and can't wait for it to get here. Now, Coach, can you explain for our listeners what does it mean as you guys transition, what you can and cannot do for postseason play, scholarships? Can you kind of share with our listeners a little about what goes on when you transition from, from D2 to D1? Yeah, I mean, uh, from an NCA standpoint, um, the NCA will uh, put us on a probationary uh, transitional period uh, where we cannot participate in the NCA tournament for the first uh, four years, if I'm not mistaken. But we are allowed to play in the postseason in our conference. Uh, if we are in the top eight in the league, uh, we, we can play in the, top, in the uh, postseason of our conference. And then, obviously, if you win the regular season championship uh, in any league, uh, you can be invited to the NIT, which uh, we, again, uh, will be eligible for that. And we can also get invited to the CIT or the CBI. So uh, we do have postseason opportunities. Uh, it's just uh, during the transition, we have to be patient and wait for the NCAA to uh, allow us back in and allow us to play in, in the NCAA tournament. And then, Coach, I know he's out there in Wyoming with Coach Edwards out there. I have had him on the show a couple of times since he's doing his time in Wyoming there. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what about North Alabama to make you decide to make that move to come back from Wyoming and the, res- the, the administration there in the city of Florence? What, what about it really that said, hey, this is a good move for, for me and my family? Well, number one, I think it gives me an opportunity to steer my ship. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to, to to run the program, and obviously this has been a, uh, a dream of mine since I got into the profession. Um, the, the one thing I could tell you is um, when, whenever you're uh, in this profession, um, you know, you, 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 I've, I've spent the last uh, 
14 years as an assistant and uh having the opportunity now to to run my own ship is something that i'm really looking forward to uh that was that was the only reason why i, I would have left coach uh edward staff at wyoming uh, it was the opportunity to be a head coach so um and and why is north alabama uh, the right place well i think it's just it's the right fit for me uh as a coach um you know it allows me to to, to continue to build on the rich tradition that we have here. Um, uh, but again, it's, it's a new adventure for everybody in the Florence community. Uh, it's an opportunity to transition from division two to division one. And I think there's a lot of people excited about that in our community. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm excited as well. So I can't start it. Yes, indeed. Now coach, uh, having an opportunity wasn't now begin to call your own shot. You said cock, Call your own shots now, Coach. You can say, hey, rather than making a suggestion, it can be, be what you want it to be now. <laughs> you can actually do it. It has to, has to be, be – for me, going from a co-host to a main host, that was my biggest thing, be able to make the show content my own, not having to suggest it to, to, to the main host. So I know that's, that's right. wonderful for you to make make your make those own decisions for yourself and your program now. Yeah, well, there's no doubt. Now, now – <laughs> Now that responsibility. Now you know. I, obviously, I'm I'm just excited to get the opportunity to to make those decisions. And um, you know, uh, like I said, ever since I started in this profession back in 1992, uh, I've been. Uh, this is this was one of my goals that I had set for myself, um, or, or better still, the result that I set that I set for myself. So uh, I was I'm, I was fortunate to to have this opportunity and. Uh, I'll tell you this, uh, this is one historic opportunity I'm not going to take for granted. I got, I got you on that one, Coach. Now, recruiting-wise, Coach, mm-hmm. uh, are you looking at, at high school seniors uh, coming in for, as freshmen for you guys, JUCO guys, transfers, and international players, or are you just you all kind of a set flow of what you want to do to build your program here these, these next few years here in North Alabama? Well, uh, first of all, I'm not a quick-fix guy. I, I can tell you that right now, and I don't – I don't think um, what we're trying to do here, our brand, is is to bring in, um, you know, one and dones or what you call them, the fifth year guys that are just going to play here a year. We, we, we want to build this right, and uh, you know, if you look at our recruiting and, and the ten young men that we've added to the program uh, since um, April, I could tell you right now, seven of them are freshmen, two are JUCO transfers, or three are JUCO transfers, and uh, of the three JUCO transfers, one will have three years to play. So we're going to, we're going to build this up from with youth. Okay. That's, that's our plan. Um, you know, I'm not one to, to just, um, you know, quick, quickly turn and just, uh, fill, fill up the roster with JUCO and transfers. That's, that's not, that's not what we're trying to do here. I got you coach. Cause like I said, to me, that's, that's the continuity there in, if you don't get the guys you want, you can have a bad year, and then you don't. Then your bench is even shorter. You playing seven guys, maybe or six, depending on some teams I saw last mm-hmm. year. If, you, if, it, if it goes badly for you, yep. Well, and again, I just think that if you look at, um, you know, where I've been and who I've been mentored by, um, it's all been it's all been the same type of individuals. It's guys that uh, want to build something, create a culture and let that culture last. And I think it's important that when you're trying to do something like that, that you, like you're saying, you, you want to create some continuity. Well, you're going to need time for that. And uh, I truly believe that 
you know, for, for us, I think it's, uh, we're going to build with youth, but we're also going to sprinkle in some experience. I think that's important also when you're building a program. It's got to be a balance. So we're going to be looking for that balance. I hear that, Coach. We got Coach Tony Fujo, North Alabama Lions here on the Boss Man Show with me right here. Uh, Coach, now, looking at the conference you're in the A-Sun, uh, how do you feel about it as a conference? I know I'm, I'm pretty close to Coach Skinner at Kennesaw State. I know Coach Alexander up there at uh, Lipscomb pretty well. And also know my guy, Coach Fly, down there at Florida Gulf Coast pretty well. So I know some coaching leads are pretty, pretty good coaches. So what's your feeling about the league as a whole as you guys get ready to jump into that play this year? Well, I'll tell you this, uh, being from Florida, you know, four of the teams that are in this league are from the state. And I'm very familiar with all four of those teams and, and the coaches in that in those programs. And I can tell you right now, uh, it's going to be highly competitive. Uh, that's one thing, like you said, uh, there, there, there's not only good teams in here, but they're well-coached teams. Uh, you know, Coach Driscoll at North Florida, Coach Williams at Stetson, uh, Coach Fly, like you mentioned, at Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, you know, yeah. You got you got a uh, coach. Uh, you got uh, you know uh, Tony over at uh, at um, at Jacksonville. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at some really really solid solid coaches in 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 the state of Florida that are in the A Sun. But then you also got a you had in there, you know, uh, New Jersey Institute, and you you also in there like you said, Coach Skinner at Kennesaw State, and and Coach Alexander over at Lipscomb. And and don't forget now. Uh, we just added uh, Liberty to the league, and uh, I, I didn't realize know, that. Yeah, yeah, you you got Liberty now in the mix, and you know, Coach Richie, boy, he he's he's he knows what the heck he's doing over there. So it, it's just a great league, I, I think, and really, really solid, solid coaches. So I can tell you right now, without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to be highly competitive, and uh, man, we're looking forward to the challenge. No, I hear that, Coach. I know I know. watching it right in my backyard, how competitive the, the, the games are between you guys in, in, in this league. I look at adding Coach Richie and adding you guys. I'm going to be even wilder now when, you, when we see you guys yep. play. And speaking of how you play, Coach, um, what's going to be your style? Are you going to try to play fast, play slow, play play four out one uh, or five out? Or what you going to do? Are you kind of, kind of predicated on your roster? Are you also when you see what you get, you guys have when you get on the court with them this summer and then the fall there? Well, you know, the style of play is going to be very important, especially the way we want to do it. Uh, we're going to be an up-tempo team. Okay. That, that's just the bottom line. We're going to, we're going to play, we want to play uh, at a tempo that's going to be uncomfortable for opponents. So, uh, that's going to be our goal. That's going to be what we're going to be bringing daily uh, to workouts, to practices, to weight training. Uh, but in every aspect that we do, we want to make sure that we're uh, just getting better every day. Okay. That, that's going to be the focal point for us. You know, we talked to our guys about a bunch about the difference between goals and results. Okay. Um, playing at a fast pace and playing the style of play to me is a result. It, the goal has got to be what you're doing daily to play at that style because there is work that needs to be done so you could play that way. There's got to be a buy-in uh, that, that needs to be done to play that way. So that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to focus on. That's what we're going to lean on. We're going to lean on the daily habits of what we're doing every day to prepare us to play a, a certain style. So, but as far as tempo, yeah, we're going to play an up-tempo style. Uh, we're going to, we're going to make sure that our guys understand they're going to play with some freedom but with that freedom given, responsibility. And 
I'll tell you this: we're gonna we're gonna have an open um, flow on offense, but our guys better understand that if they're gonna play here, they gotta defend. They're gonna have to defend, and that's my that's been my background since I was a high school coach, uh, and I will continue that background uh, now that I've got this opportunity to be the head coach at the University of North Alabama. And uh, coach, non-conference scheduling wise. Uh... Mm-hmm. I know it's gonna be probably hard for you to kind of make schedule games get people to come come to Florence right now. So you probably do a lot of those buy uh, buy pretty much games where they or they buy you to come play. You know those two for ones and those kind of things in the mm-hmm. tournament. So how you see trying to mix all those together to try to make a good schedule for you guys, make sure you all competitive before you get in the AA Sun and play there. Yeah, well, I think that's a, that's critical. I mean, one of the you know the three things that I think impact winning the most in your program is number one, who you hire to your program what players uh, are, are part of your program, and then how you schedule. So to me, I think a schedule prior to conference play needs to be one that's going to prepare you for the conference. And, uh, you know, right now we're in the, still in the middle and in, in the process of it. Uh, you know, we've been fortunate that we were given D1 status, so now we can, be, you know, we can be a counter to those Division One teams. So we're not – they're not playing a D – you know, playing us now is not like playing a D2 school – it's like playing an actual D1 school. So now all these programs can now get a, get involved in, you know, buying games and all that stuff. So the the bottom line is, uh, I think the, I think your non-conference needs to prepare you for your conference, like you're asking. And um, I think we're doing that. I think we've got some some you know some you know obviously it's still preliminary, but I think we got some programs that are going to help us uh, after we compete with them to get ready for the ASM. And uh, coach, who are some coaches who really helped you out in your in your career, uh, personally, professionally, in the coaching business, outside the coaching business, has really been an inspiration to you as you move on in your career and then got this job here in North Alabama, leading the Lions going forward. Man, there's so many. Uh, you know, obviously the guys that I've worked with uh, in the past at Appalachian State and uh, VCU, Alabama, Wyoming. You know, even right here in North Alabama, right now. You know, I've got our staff right now is. Um, we have two, two full-time guys right now that worked with me at Alabama. Uh, one was our video coordinator. The other was a, a graduate assistant when I was there. Uh, I'm about to add a third uh, here pretty shortly. Uh, so it's going to be – I think the, a lot of people that have uh, made an impact in my life as far as coaching, well, right off the bat I would tell you that, um, you know, it, I would have to say in basketball it would be uh, Anthony Grant – without a doubt, uh, spent the most time with him in college. And one of the most, to me, I've never been around a, a person who his attention to detail is through the roof. Um, you know, his work ethic through the roof. Uh, so I would say Anthony Grant's one, obviously Houston Fancher, um, is another one. Uh, he was the guy that gave me my first opportunity to coach at the division one level. And, uh, he, he, he also had a tremendous impact. Um, Alan Edwards, not even close. Uh, we've worked, we worked together as assistants and then I worked for him at Wyoming. We were assistants together at BCU. Um, so I've spent a lot of time with coach Edwards and, uh, I would tell you that I've never been around anybody that has a connection with his players like coach Edwards does. I mean, that's one thing that he prides himself in and, and obviously it's worked out for him, you know, winning 43 games at the university of Wyoming. Uh, in that league, I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable what he's been able to do because, obviously, you know, uh, 
you look at the teams in that league, and uh, that's a that's a that's a heck of a a win total for a guy that that's only been doing it for two years. And then obviously the last guy would be Frank Martin. Uh, coach Martin and I go back to 1992 uh, when I was a high school coach at a private school, and he was at Miami Senior. And uh, we've been connected since then. We've coached AAU basketball together. We've we 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 just you know, he's like a brother to me. So. He, he had a tremendous impact in, in, in my development. So those are the guys that I would tell you had the greatest impacts and influences in my coaching career. Yeah, I love having on Coach Martin. He always gets me inspired. Every time I hear him on the show, he inspires me to do better every time I talk to, to him. That's right. He gets, he, he That's gets, right. He gets, he gets me going. After I'm 31 years old, he gets me going <laughs> and excited to go be, be a better radio host. That's I'm right. talking to that guy every time. That's right. That's right. Last one I got for you, Coach, is this. I know it's probably been a whirlwind for you. It's been crazy in North Alabama since you took that job. So if you could, Coach, share us, like, what's kind of your typical day like in the office? Is it, is it booster calls, recruiting calls, player meetings, meeting with the staff, meeting with the community? How crazy has it been for you, Coach? Well, I'll tell you, I've told my guys that there's four things that i got to be allowed to do, okay? And uh, to be honest with you, you're right, it has been a whirlwind. Uh, we've been have we've had to revamp the entire uh, roster. We had to revamp pretty much our schedule. Uh, so I would tell you that um, the four things that I tell my staff that I have to do on a daily basis. Number one is I got to be able to coach my team. Uh, so I'm preparing myself for that. Our guys are going to be here in July. So I'm looking forward to getting those four hours of workouts with them uh, in July. Uh, so I'm preparing myself for that. Uh, so while we're out recruiting in July, I also got to be prepared to, when I get back on campus to make sure that our guys are, uh, you know, getting the attention that they need in the July months so that we can, cause obviously as we all know that this is the time of the year where we're developing our players. So, uh, it's not in October, November or, you know, uh, December it's, it's now. So we're going to be focusing in on that from a strength and conditioning standpoint and a basketball standpoint, as well as an athletic standpoint. I mean, academic standpoint, because it gives it gives them a little jump start uh, for the year, especially for the freshmen. Then I would tell you <clears throat> the other thing I tell my guys that I have to do on a daily basis: I got to I got to recruit. I got to recruit players. They're going to be future players for this program. So I've I've got I've got to do those two things right off the bat: coach my team, recruit. Then I got to recruit the players that are in the program. I got to make sure that our guys understand that. I'm here for them. Okay. That I care about them. Okay. That I'm, I, I got to have that relationship because then I got to be able to coach them the way I need to coach them for them to be the best that they can be. And then the last thing I would tell you is I got to, I got to recruit, like you're saying, the boosters, the, the, the support of the program. I got to be able to spend time with them because they also are a big part of what we're trying to accomplish here. So those are the four things that I basically have been all over since I've been here. Okay, and it's uh, <laughs> it has been a little bit of a whirlwind. Well, Coach, I'd say this: if you come to town for the Peace Jam, I'd love to have you come in studio with us here uh, in Midtown yep. Atlanta and come visit and uh, have you in to yep. talk about your program some more. See what see where your guys are. You know, kind of let the people in Atlanta hear about you. Because they don't see you because you play Kansas State, so they got they got they can't avoid you. They got to see you. That's, way you that's right. That's right. Here in the ATLs, right. we got we gonna throw them in. Throw, we gonna throw you in their face no matter what, Coach. We gonna make sure they know who, who Coach Pujol is. So don't tell the Alabama the Lions, man. 
Well, Jr. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me on your show. It's really, it's really been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, and yes. uh, I look forward, I look forward to future future gatherings. Yes, sir. Hey, anytime you play in Kennesaw State in town, Coach, feel free. I'm going to give you my number if you hit me up, and we'd love to have you in the studio or have you come by anytime, man. You you can count on it. All right, Coach. It's a great one. Talk to you real soon, man. All righty. Thank you, Jr. All right, folks, we're back here in the JR the Boss Man show. We're joined by a great coach. He's coming back for a second time to his to Pepperdine, second stint there at the at the wave. It's Lorenzo Romar. Known from Washington. You might know him from Arizona last year, but he's Pepperdine. Coach Romar, I've been a fan of yours. Gotta have you on the show, man. How are you doing out there in Malibu, man? Jay, I'm doing good, man. It's it's really good. The uh ocean's beautiful from my office, the view and uh, we're looking forward to getting this summer going and getting our season going. Coach, I cannot wait to come out to California. I'm going to the Bay Area for the finals. I cannot wait because here in Atlanta today, it's like a monsoon. It's raining like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't get that California sun. <laughs> it's a little different out there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, uh, I tell you what, congrats on getting the job at Pepperdine for a second time here, Coach. And I tell you, what about it? The program led you to want to come back for a second time and leave this university and put, put the impact out there in Southern California once more for for the guys in that, in that region. Well, Pepperdine's always been a great job. Uh, the last decade or so, I think that uh, they haven't had as much progress as they would have liked, and. They were uh, very, very adamant about it in terms of the administration. They wanted to pour a lot of funding into the program, build a new arena, uh, do some things to put this job back at, the, at a top, top level. I'm from Southern California. There's a lot of familiarity with the area, with Pepperdine. Uh, so for all those reasons, I just thought it was a great opportunity to come back. Now, Coach, now how has the job changed for you personally for as recruiting the guys or, or how the program has grown for you facility-wise, resource-wise? Because I feel like, you know, for you to come back, it has to be a lot way different than it was when you were there the first time. So if you could go up specifically, like, what's really changed with the program since you last been there? And, and what, how are you going to sell this program to people now knowing that you're back for a second time to bring this community together and show people, hey, this is we got something brewing here in the West Coast Conference here? Well, JR, that's the thing. Uh, there were some changes, but not a whole lot. And I think that the administration just decided, you know what, this, we've gone too long without investing uh, in this program like we did years ago, and it's, it's time to do it. And that's what got me excited. That was one of the first questions I asked. Are we going to have a new arena, a new place to play? Because 21 years ago, there was talk of that, and it hadn't happened. But uh, they assured me, and it is going to happen uh, within a few years here, that there's going to be a new uh, arena, uh, getting the people to come out, getting the students to come out uh, uh, to the games is is going to be something that's going to be a a fun, fun challenge to get everybody involved with in this program. And, you know, we got to recruit. We have to get players out there that uh, are going to help us win games and going to be exciting to watch. And I think we've made strides in that regard already. Speaking of recruiting, Coach, um, Pepperdine has a, is a national brand. Now, being growing up, growing up in Atlanta, I heard about Pepperdine out here. So I know it's a, like a national brand. So as you recruit guys, Coach, whether it be 
high school seniors will be JUCO guys, transfer guys, international guys. Uh, that's the name Pepperdine just rings a bell to people. So I feel like an easy sale job plus you get a good education in a great part of the country as well. So do you, are you noticing that it has just, just by saying the name and having your name as well, being a, a, a prominent known coach, that, hey, guys want to come play for you because they've seen guys you sent to the NBA, how your guys still love you, who you used to play for you. So do you, are they working in your favor so far, you feel, coach? Well, hopefully, you know, things that we've done in the past can get people's attention to where they trust if they come here and are part of this program, good things can happen for them. And I, I think the main thing we have to get going, uh, you know, we signed seven kids in one class since we've been here, and we've got to now get out on the basketball floor and show that we can win and win big. And I think uh, that's our biggest challenge. I think once that happens – I think we'll be good in good shape in terms of recruiting because, like you said, you know, you can't beat the campus. You can't beat the view. You can't beat the, the area, the weather, the location. It's all high, high level. And the education is one that's very well respected around the country and, and, and around the world. So if we get out there, we're playing in a new facility, we're, we're playing good basketball, I think the recruits will come. And, and Coach, do you see yourself being more of a uh... – uh, see, I know a lot of this just a lot of has changed. Now the landscape's kind of changing now, where you got international guys involved. Some teams are more transfer JUCOs or or, or high school seniors. So, are you are you trying to go with all four levels of that, or are you trying to focus on maybe one or two levels to build your program and keep that class balance that most coaches want to achieve for, for their programs? I think every year is different. This year there was such a need because there was some transfers. Uh, when we took the job, people that uh, decided to do other things. So we had to sign a large class. But, you know, ideally, if you're able to get three or four a year, that's making it pretty consistent. And this will even out. The the seven that we signed this year, it'll all even out. And, you know, we're trying to get uh, high school kids. uh, If there is a transfer out there, which there are so many times, we definitely will look into that. In fact, we signed two transfers this year coming in so uh we're looking for the best talent that's out there that can come in and represent our program with great character and kids that are going to do a good job in the classroom and coach now this summer you get four hours in july um how much are you going to try to implement your systems or use them with more of an evaluation period player development more so than implementing a system that you want to run come to fall well normally it would be this would be a time of total player development we would like to think, Jr. that we have a system that if you're working on our system, it develops you as a player as well, though. It's not just learning a bunch of plays. You know, it's learning how to play. That's how we try to play basketball and how we try to run offense. And uh, we'll put some defensive concepts. This being our first year, we think it's more important for our kids to get acclimated to that system. And uh, they'll develop as we go along with that. Now, after this year, that's what uh, the spring and the summer will be for exclusively is total player development because at that point, kids know your system. Exactly. Now, Coach, I think that's one of the biggest things I feel like sometimes gets lost in translation. Player development. You have to develop these guys. You know, you have to give them a plan of action. They definitely want it too, but that player development aspect is so key to get guys getting better over the summertime, go over that April, May, June, July, and August. Because you don't get you get better than the season gets, but you really get get better during this time of year right here. There's no doubt. Uh, at Washington, we we're very very blessed in that we were there 15 years, and 
uh, there were 16 pros that came out of our program during those 15 years. And only three of those guys were McDonald's All-Americans. And, you know, it showed, I think, my staff did a good job of identifying guys that could get better, but they had to get better. And uh, the fact that uh, they weren't just shoe-in, can't-miss NBA guys, and yet 16 of them went on to do it, I, I think it speaks to the type of development that we were able to show and, and get out of our guys. And uh, coach, in our common skills with Coach Romar is one something that I know you coaches drive you crazy. It's probably the second hardest thing outside of recruiting you guys do. So this is probably already done for you. So how do you see yourself going about it in the future for us now, scheduling games for your team as you're prepared for West Coast Conference play there? Well, I think there's no doubt uh, you, you have to. And we weren't able to do that this year, but there has to be some Power Five opponents that we're playing. Uh, we would like to put ourselves in a position to where if we did not win the conference, we could still maybe get in that large bid. And with that, with that being the case, you got to go out and you got to, you got to try to schedule some, uh, some heavy hitters out there. And that's what we try to do. We try to play in a national tournament every year to get our guys, uh, acclimated to tournament play. So those are some of the things we're looking at. And, uh, coach, uh, I wanted because I, I, I work for the Hawks too, coach. I do a lot of work Atlanta Hawks, and I love uh-huh. how you can advance the ball at the end of the, end of the games, twenty percent shot clock in quarters. Do you feel like those maybe it's two or three of those rules the NBA has that's unique to the NBA will be come to the college game? Maybe like maybe advancing the ball at the end of the game, twenty percent shot clock in the quarters. Because I feel like they'll make the game so much better, more in, in, in exciting late game where you can advance the ball, you can drop a play, see what happens there. I think the college game is evolving in terms of the rules, more like the NBA game. That's for sure. What I could see happening first is the quarters as opposed to the halves. I could see uh, everyone playing four quarters in the NCAA like the women are doing right now. Yes, and I, I enjoy that, actually. I think it's it gives you that, that, that natural timeout. And also, of course, maybe – Resetting the files too, because if if you if you if the refs caught it tight early, you could be in the in the one and one for the first media time. Yeah, that's, right. some other that's games exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I, I think they'll be advancing more toward something like that in the future. And also, because I love having six, six personal files, too. I love that too. But I, I love that <laughs> be on the loose committee to help you guys out, man. To help, help the game grow a little bit more. If we can yeah. do it. Right. Right. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> yes. Now, Coach, all of the have coaches about this when I have them on the show, man. Uh, who are some guys, personal, professionally in the business, who really helped you, Coach Romar, to become who you are today? And and who are some guys who you have, to, have your eye on that just on your tree that may be coming out real soon that we may hear about who you've helped grow them as well and, and branch off of your, your, your tree here? Well, Jim Herrick from UCLA gave me my first job. Uh, you know, he was at Georgia at one time. He's in Rhode Island, and he hired me first, and I, I learned a lot from him. Uh, I learned a lot from Lou Olson, who coached at Arizona. The, the deceased Rick Majerus, I picked stuff up from him and uh, played five years in the NBA and played uh, for Don Nelson out of the NBA. So I, I learned a lot from a lot of different coaches that I played for. Uh, a young man that's, uh, well, not just a young man, but Randy Bennett is at St. Mary's. When I was at Pepperdine before, he was the first guy that I hired as an assistant. He's gone on to really, really do well. He's one of the top programs on the West Coast. Uh, another guy, Ken Ammon, who was with me at Pepperdine, he's gone on to 
the NAIA division has won national championships, has been in final fours, and just name a couple of guys that uh, have gone on to do well. But uh, we're still working at it. I hear that, Coach. That's what I got for you, Coach. This, uh, I know it's probably been a whirlwind for you. I know it's been like crazy for you for a schedule with the head taking over a new job. It always is. So if you could, Coach, show us like a typical daily is for you in the office. Like, are you doing recruiting calls? Are you doing practice plans with the staff? You know, are you meeting people around the university and the community? How how is each each day for you, Coach? Typically, well, all of the above. Uh, we are getting things geared up because. Summer school is going to start next week, and that's when that four hours a week starts. July is going to be a period where we can go out during the month and recruit and evaluate. So we're scheduling that. Uh, We're getting ourselves in position to give ourselves the best chance to land these recruits, and that's going on now as we're talking to them on the phone. In in three weeks, we're able to call kids that are sophomores going to be juniors for the first time. So we're putting ourselves in position there. And all all the while trying to make sure that we're gaining the trust of the current players that we hear are here with at Pepperdine because we're all they're all new to our system. We're new to them. They have to learn our way. So uh, the days go by pretty quickly. They're they're long, but they go by pretty quickly. Well, coach, if you're ever in Atlanta trying to find some talent here in Atlanta, a lot of talent right here in ATL, coach. If you're ever in town, coach, you're always in the studio, man. They have to come by okay. here and see us. I'm here in Midtown Atlanta, okay. man, because I can tell you, I love when you coaches come by and stop by and see us here in the studio, man. It's, it's so fun. I love it when you are in person here with us here in the studio because it's great. Well, I appreciate that invitation, man. Yes, indeed. Well, Coach Romo, I told you, I've been a fan of yours for years, man. I'm happy you got this job here at Pepperdine. We'll be definitely watching you. Look forward to having you on down the road, Coach. Talk to see where you guys have progressed so, so far this year, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Jr. All right, thank you, Coach. Have a great day, man. Okay, take it easy. All right, what's back in the JR, the boss man show? We're about to be joined by a great guest. He's interim head coach of the University of Maryland Eastern Shore Hawks. Coach Cliff Reed, here's a woman in the boss man show. Coach Reed, first I want to ask you, man, how is the – the roads up there in Maryland, I saw a lot of flooding going on. I heard a lot of news. So how's the roads and the flooding and the waters up there, man? Well, um, fortunately for me, I didn't get any of the rain on the eastern shore where I'm currently located, but not within a couple of hours of it. It's, it's flooded. So I haven't seen any of the flooding at all, and we were supposed to get a lot of the rain just as well as uh, other f- parts of Maryland did. So I don't have any rain over the last uh, 72 hours, except maybe a little bit one night, just a little. So I haven't experienced that um, as of right now. Well, I definitely want to make sure we check in with you. I know you're up in the Maryland area. I want to make sure I listen up there in Maryland or know that we care about them down here in Atlanta. So I'm glad you have to give us an update for your, on your, your end, Coach. Well, thank you. We, we appreciate that. Now, Coach, uh, what does it mean to you for this university to tap his interim head coach when they could have went other, uh, other places, but they chose you, Coach Reed, to lead this program and give you opportunity to prove yourself and prove to the administration and then the players and the fans that, hey, you're the man for this job, potentially going forward, doing the job of leading the Hawks this year in the NMEAC conference there? Well, um, first of all, you you got to give uh, God the glory. Um, for the opportunity, I, you understand, like, sometimes you don't get a second opportunity, and this is my second go-round as a head coach uh, in the MEAC conference, and as I spent a lot of time in the South at Bethune-Cookman University. 
So uh, I just give him the uh, uh, the glory, and uh, I'm just blessed to be in this opportunity to be able to serve, uh, serve young people, and be able to uh, uh, help the University of Maryland Eastern Shore achieve goals and objectives that they have for the the men's basketball program and the athletic department in particular. So it's an honor and a privilege to, to be able to serve the university, the young players, and the um, and the other coaches because uh, this is the flagship program. We don't have football. So this, this position is a position of leadership uh, for the athletic department, not only just the uh, men's basketball head coach. And, Coach, uh, how important is that as a role of a head coach being at HBC for our young African-American men who come into your program, especially in doing the t- times we're living in right now, which we won't really delve into, but, but just knowing that, hey, you are a pillar and a voice for them to help them make sense of the craziness they're witnessing on a daily basis in our society today or in, in our country today? Well, it's, I think it's extremely important that I provide, in a position of leadership, provide leadership, and, and the most important way to provide leadership is to actually uh, by your actions. So I try to be the, the model that I want them to see. Um, I'm a family man. I'm a father. I'm a husband. Uh, I'm, a, you know, a teacher, a coach, a brother, an uncle, a confidant. So, you know, um, I just have to model the behavior that I want them to see. They see a... Um, uh, African American who's um, who's somewhat successful, you know, who's who's not on the street corner, who's successful, um, and you have uh, someone who can you you see you can follow their behavior and follow their role, and so uh, that's the best way to lead. That's the most important thing to do. Like uh, sometimes our parents used to say, "Son, do as I say, not as I do." But but we understand now, young people today. They do as you they do as you do, and they want to know why if you're not doing it the right way. So, I try to model the behavior and uh, let them know how you can how to um, be successful in today's society with all the different things going on today. The social media, the high the, the tension level that we have in certain areas during this time in America. Now, Coach Reed, uh, how much of advantages for you to be on staff last year? been a chance to eyeball the players and, and probably re-recruit some guys, keep them on the roster after the coaching change there. And did you feel good knowing that you can kind of keep some recruits you was engaged with outside who weren't on the roster yet because familiar with you and also by you keeping the job, kind of keep the continuity going, that he give the program a chance to be stable going forward? Well, well I got to give, uh, you know, the, the administration and the athletic director uh, – credit for giving me an opportunity and thanking them for giving me that opportunity to keep some continuity because obviously I was there and some people would say, well, you were part of, you know, some of the issues, but at the same time, I, I think that I was uh, part of a lot of the success we've had, the most success we've ever had. I was a part of that as the associate head coach. And I, like you say, I can, I have an evaluation of players in the program, so when you're recruiting kids, you you evaluate them and you see if they fit what you want to do. So I, by having recruited some of the players, and I'm very hands-on with the program and skill workouts and development of players off the court as well as on the court, I have a good feel for them and I know what their strengths are and the areas that they need to improve, not just basketball, but in their social life and their personal lives 
and their academic lives. So it gives me a leg up to be able to understand how to coach the young men who are here. And the ones who, who are here, they want to be here, they want to play, and want to see this program be successful and want to be instrumental in the success of the program. And now, Coach, when you get on the court uh, with the guys or some of the school starting for for the workout period, will it be more player development-wise, or are you going to try to input them in some schemes? Because I know you might want to tweak some things from, from last year's team for a scheme-wise, or you wait to do that and when, 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 when the fall opens up there. For, for me, it, it, um, it starts off the court with um, the type of culture that I want to bring to the table. And I'm, I'm different. I'm a military person than the, uh, the previous coach, so I'm a different individual. And so for me, I want to attack the culture outside of uh, basketball and create a um, being a military man, discipline, um, hard work to get togetherness, uh, being a team. You know, the ultimate team is, is, in, the, is in the Army because uh, you're dealing with uh, – I was in the Army, so you're dealing with, um, you know, fighting for your country so you as a team you could be in a situation where it's, it's, it's more than just shooting hoops it's a life it could be a life death situation when you're in training in, the, in a military situation so I try to bring that family togetherness and, and um, that discipline that mental toughness and the accountability of all those things together and that's what my objective is. And so the basketball part I've been doing is been playing, doing this since I was 10 years old, eight years old. I've been playing, I've been coaching, so I've been involved in basketball for 40 plus years, and I've been a head coach for 10 plus years at the Division One level and the high school level as well. So I have a grasp for that. So I'm a foundation guy, culture first, and then it's important that we build. Um, with the culture part, then you, you do the skill development. If there's the individual development, you get to know the player individually. You get to know their strengths. You get to know how tough they are when you're taking them through drills and what they can do, what type of shots they can do, and, and you get to build a, a relationship. Everything we do today is about relationships. So I'm about building the skill work, and I do a little bit of uh, – we've done a little – we didn't do a lot of uh, team stuff. We did mostly skill work. And we broke it down two guys per group, sometimes one on one, so that we could get more done um, with with less per group. Exactly, coach. Now, do you feel like this coach uh, in in the MEAC conference that you know? You, I think there's some great teams in the MEAC, and I hate that, that Hampton left the MEAC conference, but. With losing Hampton, do you feel like it's a big opportunity for teams like yourself and Bethune and those teams like that to maybe? Because Buck Jordan kind of had a – he kind of had like a – it was him and everybody else for a while there getting that automatic bid. So do you feel like it's open for the whole league for everybody else and then with them kind of leaving out, kind of fight for that top spot in the MEAC now? Yes. I, um, it's, I, I definitely agree with you about Hampton leaving. Um, I think they would they, – they definitely helped our league. Without a doubt, they they have been the class of the league probably the last twenty years, maybe overall. Every you know you have turns. There's been a turn for uh, Dale State for a little while. Coppin State dominated early. South Carolina State dominated for a period. Then you have North Carolina Central. But in that in that period of time, uh, over the since um, Hampton's been in the league and they haven't been in the league quite twenty years. Maybe it's right at twenty years they've been in the league. They, they have uh, always won some championships. They've always been a constant winning some championships. So uh, 
they, they've been strong, but it, it, it rotates throughout the league. And now North Carolina Central has kind of carried the torch. But they've shared a little bit of that with Buck and, and, uh, and Hampton. So we're definitely going to miss them. But at the same time, now you'll see some other programs uh, take, I think, will take some steps up. And I think we have a chance here at University of Maryland Eastern Shore to uh, I, hopefully we, we help stabilize the situation with, with my staff and everybody. And we have an opportunity to take a step up in this league and, and, and grab a hold of it. I know Bethune is pretty strong right now. Uh, North, uh, North Carolina Central has a stronghold pretty much on it. They've won it the last two years, won it three out of four years, I think, or uh, uh, two out of three or three out of five. So we're, we're going to try to get in there. And then um, A&T was strong last year. And Norfolk State has been a constant top-tier program. So those are the ones right now. Somebody's going to take another leap, and hopefully it'll be us. Yes, indeed, Coach. And I feel like that you got – I feel like it's so key to keep stability and keep people comfortable. I feel like a lot of times when I was coaching changes that, you know, going until it from a different direction kind of may, maybe hurts the kids more than it helps the kids, you know, because they had trust in that free previous assistant, assistant, assistant coaches. Because if he hates his assistant, that's that's a problem. You know, but yeah, yeah. the coach usually keeps them happy. They get the one deciding this way and what have you. So I think it's very key in stability to keep the kids happy, keeping them under, keeping them comfortable. If a kid, kid gets uncomfortable, that guy could go off the rails and, and you lose them and never get them back. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, it, I think stability, you talked about that earlier. Stability is extremely key. Having stability um, with the players as well as the staff. Having, having um, you know, not changing a lot of players as well. Having, you know, kids who've been in the programs two years, three years, and sometimes even four years, even though you don't quite see that as much with the, uh, if you look at the, the kids who are um, leaving who are leaving, you know, that's more and more kids all the time who are leaving schools or the transfer list. But at the same time, the more continuity you keep with your staff, the more continuity you keep with the players, you have two- and three- and four-year players who are the, the more veteran you are, the better your programs are today. If you look at the, the MEAC and the NCAA tournament, very few teams are winning except the elite programs with young players. You're winning with – they have continuity. They have continuity on the staff. They have great staff. They have continuity um, with the with the with the teams, with the players. They have two, three, four year players. That's why the mid majors are so strong. They have those three and four year players who are bigger, stronger, and more experienced. And it it um it catapults you into having success when you have stability in staff, players, administration, all the way to the top. Got there, right, Coach? Well, Coach Reed, I tell you what, man, it's been a pleasure having you on this show, and I look forward to cheering for you guys this year. Cause I don't want you to be able to keep that gig up there. I feel like you're doing a great job for those young men up there at Eastern Shore, and I hope everything works out, works out for you guys. And I'll be talking to you again in the fall, Coach, checking out in what your programs here, everything's going with you and you and your guys, the Hawks, up there. Thank you, uh, Mr. Bossman. I appreciate you having me on. You're welcome, Coach Reed. Have a great day, man. Talk to you real soon. All right. Take care.